Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, home brewer, and Advanced Cicerone. Hey everyone, Jen here. Wanted to remind everyone that I split our last episode into two episodes, so wanted to let you know that that's why you're going to hear a rather abrupt beginning to this. If it sounds like you are joining in the middle of the conversation, it's because you basically are. So enjoy this episode on water minerals, and thanks for listening. I was telling you, Jen, before this episode, I was like, yeah, you know, because water's so hard. Water's so hard to like it's rough. It's dry. It's my favorite joke, but it's um, and I was like contractually I w- obligated. I would wish someone would say, like, explain it, break it down for me the way that some other people have done some other topics for us. Like, right. Right. Like and here is the ABCs of water. Right. <laughs> and I think I've said this before and I, I'll, I'll really, really try. I always say I'll put things in the show notes and then I forget to do it, but brew and water uh, B-R-U apostrophe N water by Martin Brungard is a free, if you go to brunewater.com, you can download the, um, the worksheet. I like, I, I know I've said this before. So Beersmith, which is the software that we both use um, when we're brewing is a, you know, recipe software. And in their newest version, there is a way to calculate water. There didn't used to be. Um, which is why I initially started using brew and water. But even with the new Beersmith, like brew and water is what I learned on, is what I use. So I just keep using that. But he does a very good job. He just has a tab in that worksheet that goes through like, here's alkalinity, here's this. And it's brief, it's clear, and it's the same information as what's in the water book or what you see, you know, anytime you see John Palmer present on water, it's basically the same presentation, which makes sense. You know, water chemistry doesn't change um, for beer brewing, but it's the same information just explained by somebody else in a way that when I read it, I was like, oh, this really connects a lot of dots for me. Um, it just seems like it's, it's done in a much simpler way. Um, just explained as I'm explain, explaining this to somebody with, you know, a very basic knowledge, whereas I think the water book is more of a um, kind of a gatekeepy, like how overly technical can we be about this? Um, you know what I mean? Like the brew and yeah. water is definitely, it seems like the who is my audience answer or question was pondered, whereas water is more like, let me show you everything I know kind of thing, which is not necessarily compelling for the reader anyway. I'll stop talking about all that, but brew and water, absolutely fantastic. I recommend it for everybody. Um, And you don't even have to use it for, um, you know, you don't only have to use it when you're creating a recipe. But I know when I first moved to Atlanta and started brewing, I'm not on a well anymore. So I was spoiled in Charlotte and having to like face with potentially having to use municipal water. I was like, no, I'll just go buy water when I need it. And I started buying distilled water just so I had to build a water profile from the ground up where it was zeros across the board. There was nothing in this water. And that was so helpful for me because as we'll talk about with the brewing ions, when you're trying to adjust your water profile, so many times 
is a case of two steps forward, one step back. And so trying to build a water profile where I was adding everything, right? So I, you know, was adding, um, I remember one beer in particular, uh, my alkalinity got too high. So then I started like, okay, well then I'll just add in lactic acid to lower the pH. But then I was like, I'm the one who's adding the alkalinity. <laughs> to yeah. this beer. Like, <laughs> I'm not having to correct something that's already been done. Why? Like, you know, and so I was just like, okay, I need to stop and look at what I've done so far. And when I say calculating, um, there is a table that like, you know, you put in like, what if I add like 0.5 grams per gallon? Yeah. And it shows you real time, like, here's what all your levels will be. And um, so, yeah, I was like, okay, just delete everything and start over again and really think about what is it that I'm trying to accomplish was my finished profile and what's the most effective way to get there. And it is still, I think I still ended up having to like add a little lactic acid to bring the alkalinity down, but it wasn't as much. Um, it reminds me of the, um, the episode of the Simpsons where Homer has the lobster, um, Pinchy, I think was his name, <laughs> but he's trying to keep it alive in the fish tank with their other fish. And it's like, well, he's a saltwater fish. These are freshwater fish. Yeah. So he would like <laughs> add salt until like the, the family fish like went belly up and he was like, oh no, too much. So then he would like add more water and then like the lobster would go <laughs> belly up and start floating. And he kept doing that until finally they were both just kind of like floating in the middle. You can't actually do that. Uh, <laughs> But that's basically anytime I'm building a water profile, that's how I picture it is like, I'm adding enough of this until I start to see the goldfish start to <laughs> float to the top. And then I adjust it until I see the lobster start to float to the top. And then I get somewhere in the middle. So with all that being said, let's talk about some of our brewing ions. So our ions that are the most important to beer flavor that we'll talk about today are going to be calcium, magnesium, bicarbonate, which is our alkalinity, sodium, chloride, and sulfate. And so one thing to keep in mind with these ions in brewing, so there are ions that are going to affect your hardness and alkalinity. There are ions that are going to affect your flavor. And when we're talking about ions, those are broken down into cations and anions, and you can't only add calcium, right? Mm -hmm. Calcium is a cation. When you are adding a cation, you're necessarily adding an anion, and yes, anion um, to it. So you can't do, you know, you just don't do straight calcium. You're going to do, do calcium, calcium sulfate, not calcium chloride. Yeah. Um, something like that. So you're adding two things at once, which is part of that two steps forward, one step back. If you could just add calcium, just only calcium, right? Then you could really quickly just adjust that one factor. So our ions that are going to affect hardness and alkalinity, that's going to be calcium, magnesium, and bicarbonate. Those are going to be the ones that we're going to add to adjust our pH um, to adjust the, you know, what we want that final pH to be. Uh, and then the ones that are going to affect flavors, when we say affect flavor, these are the ones that if you, you're going to add them, they each have their place. Um, if you add too much of them, you're going to be able to taste it. So ions affecting flavor in brewing are going to be sulfate, chloride, 
and sodium. Like if you added enough calcium, you would get minerality, but again, mm -hmm. you can't add only calcium. So you're adding sulfate or chloride with that calcium. Mm -hmm. So that's important to keep in mind when we're talking about these ions and why we would add them. So the, the most important ion is going to be calcium. And the calcium's reaction with malt phosphates is one of the primary mechanisms for the drop in um, mash pH. So calcium is also, you want this in your beer because you want to protect, stabilize, and pro, uh, promote enzyme activity in the mash. Um, and then calcium is also going to aid in protein coagulation, trub formation, oxalate precipitation, yeast metabolism, and yeast flocculation. So like, again, if you're, if you're trying to brew an IPA in Charlotte, say, and you're just using straight municipal water, we'll assume that it's filtered and all of that, but your, your IPA is never going to be as good as an IPA that has been treated specifically to make sure that there is enough calcium in it, you know, that you've got all of this stuff happening. Yeah. This is like the difference in taking your home brew to the next level. Right. Like people are like, is it that important? You're like, well, yeah, because look at, I mean, it's more about flavor as well. Like right. I like to tell like homebrewers sometimes like it's like adding salt and pepper to your steak. Like you wouldn't just throw that on the grill. Like you're going to do something to it. Right. Right. Kind of like the same idea, but it's so much more than that. There's like right. reasons, you know, you want your beer to, you know, for fermentation, all those things you just mentioned that's going to yield how your beer is going to look and taste at the end as well. Right. Exactly. And it's not just home brewers, it's pro brewers. As yeah, well. yeah. Anybody yeah. making beer, anybody that's, yeah, that's going to be, um, all of those things are going to be important. And that's, I mean, really that's a lot of feedback that I give even, you know, again, for pro and home brewers is like, this is a good beer. If you have the means and the, um, you know, and you want to do this, maybe examine your water profile. Mm -hmm. So I just um, judged last month at national homebrew competition. And I gave that feedback a lot of like, this is the, you know, the base recipe is there, but I can tell that your water doesn't really seem dialed in. Yeah. You might just want to revisit your water profile or work on water chemistry because you're doing everything right. This is, and this is what we were talking about too, with uh, pH you're doing everything right. There's, here's just one more parameter that you can dial in if you want to, but you're going yeah. to be able to make perfectly drinkable beer in most cases, if you're, even if you're not doing anything with your water. So then the next one we have, the next ion that's important is magnesium and magnesium is, first of all, it's necessary yeast nutrient. It's, you only need five parts per million. So five PPM of magnesium. Uh, for yeast to have what it needs. So if you're an all grain brewer, or even if you're a partial grain brewer, your barley is typically going to contain a lot more magnesium than what your yeast needs. Um, so you don't necessarily need to worry about like your magnesium levels if you're an all grain brewer. It's, you can also use it to lower your mash pH, but it works half as well as calcium does. So you need to add more of it. And again, thinking about you can't just add magnesium. So you're going to be adding some other exactly. um, anion to it. Um, and it can contribute a bitter flavor if you're going higher than 40 PPM. Um, it's usually added in the form of Epsom salt, 
that's if I'm adding magnesium to a beer, I'm using Epsom salt. Um, it's the same thing that, you know, you soak your feet in, um, is I, I have separate bags. Not that yeah. it would matter. Just don't go buy lavender Epsom salt. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time I had to go buy Epsom salt for like some contract brew and I could not find like just a small <laughs> amount of regular. It was all this flavored stuff. And I was like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And you also want to be careful when you're adding magnesium, particularly if you're doing something like Epsom salt, because it's also a laxative. So if you're adding, uh, generally speaking, you would have to add. So if you have a friend of me. Yeah. (laughs) But you would have to add a ridiculous amount of magnesium to your beer, because also when we're talking about how much you're adding to your beer, um, if I'm doing a homebrew recipe and I, you know, I'm, I'm adding these brewing ions, I have a, like the drug dealer scale that goes down to like fractions of grams, because I might be adding 0.25 grams of calcium to a five gallon batch of beer. So I'm adding that during the mash. So I'm even at like eight gallons of beer. So you're not adding a ton Mm -hmm. of stuff. And I think that's also important um, to keep in mind. So when I'm saying like, don't worry if you have to add a quarter teaspoon of Epsom salt to your beer, you're not making a laxative beer. Yeah. And also I think something to remember too, we're talking, we're saying a lot of words. We're talking about a lot of different, no, I'm serious. I'm talking yeah. a lot of different salts and ions and, and you know, throwing all this stuff out, out at you. If you wanted to just a basic level of where do I start? I know my water's, soft when I start because I made it that way one way or another I just suggest calcium chloride and sulfate in that like gypsum and that calcium is a good starting point if you're going to do goza you're going to need some sodium you know and and not necessarily in your treated brewing water that might come later in the brewing process but I just think that's a good place to start and learning about those two and like the calcium because the magnesium unless you know, I did have a quick question. You said, obviously, if you're doing all grain or partial grain, you're going to have enough magnesium. You don't really need to worry about that. Is that true? For, not true for DME? No. Okay. No, it's a barley thing and DME has already been processed. Got you. So good to oh, know. And that's actually, I'm, thank you for bringing that up because if you are an all extract brewer, you don't need to worry about this at all. You should always be brewing with distilled water because you're, DME or LME, so your dried malt extract, liquid malt extract, they've already done the mash for you. That's what so I was they, Yeah, so they've okay, done, cool. you're getting a bag. It's just like cake mix, right? Like you don't need to, in your cake mix, like worry about adding salt or something. You know, you're just adding whatever, the, yeah. like the eggs and stuff to it. Uh, so if you are at an all extract brewer, you should only be using distilled water because they have already done all of that water adjustment for you. You're getting it in this neat package that you just put into distilled water. <laughs> did so, I ever tell you my cake mix story? <laughs> I think you did, like in a really early episode. Tell I'll, tell, I'll tell real quick. Yeah. So when I was like young, I like to I like to pretend I'm younger than I probably was at the time, but like at, probably double digits at least. <laughs> when you were 31 (laughs) no no definitely in my teens definitely in high school like did not you know young 
anyways, my mom's like, here's a box mix, make this cake. And I'm like, cool. So I put it in. It came with the pan and everything, man. Like everything. It even came with the freaking pan. <laughs> so I like put the ingredients in there. It's like a streusel. So it has like this, the ingredients. I'm like, cool. Line of streusel. And then like the mix and like a line of streusel. So like you can't tell if it's baked or not with the with streusel on top. Right. So I'm like, cool. Put it in the oven. You know, bing, 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 time for dessert. Pull it out. My mom cuts into it. It's like sand <laughs> because because I didn't add any eggs or water or milk or whatever I was supposed <laughs> to add. And she's like, Rachel, what the fuck? I was like, it said everything in the box. It said everything. It even had the pan. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's good to know. It's good to clarify your your right. bag of DME does not have the hops. Right. Yes. True. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that is, that is a you good can point. buy kits, but make sure you know what you're buying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that is the, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then next we'll, we'll talk about sodium and you touched on this briefly, like for the most part, sodium is also not a thing that you're going to be adding, except that it is an anion. Uh, so you might be adding it when you're adding, um, something else or no i'm sorry that is a sodium is a cation right uh yes. yes so sodium is a cation so you'll be adding that with like sulfate chloride um, bicarbonate something um, but sodium can sweeten malt character and that's you know just like what rachel said think about sodium the same way you do when you're cooking you know it can help open up those flavors um, and also quick side note if you like if your coffee's too bitter, put a little bit of salt in it and that will curb the bitterness so you can pay attention to the flavor. Yeah. But um, when your sodium is going to be associated with chloride, so if you're, you know, if you're doing sodium chloride, it's going to give that salty taste at concentrations higher than 150 ppm. Um, so sodium chloride is table salt. Mm -hmm. And you, again, you wouldn't be adding that much sodium chloride unless you were trying to make a gosa, um, or I guess, unless you misread, you know, <laughs> and it said like 0.15 grams and you were like 15 grams of sodium. <laughs> uh, but hopefully at that point you would be like, hold on, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so it, it, a lower concentrations is going to improve your mouthfeel and the fullness in pale beers, but your concentration in the mash, you don't want that to exceed 100 ppm uh, because it's going is sodium is poisonous to yeast at excessive concentrations. And that's actually what made me think about saying like, oh yeah, when we're adding, when we're talking about adding these salts, you're not adding very much because in one of our, the beer education classes I was doing at Pilot, I remember after the class, I don't remember why I was talking about sodium. I think I was just kind of touching on brewing water. But after the class, somebody who was attending said, hey, like I'm in, uh, she was studying to be a pastry chef. And she was like, so when you say that you add sodium, like that's one of the first things that they teach us is you don't mix your salt and your yeast because the salt will kill the yeast. So how can you add sodium to your brewing process and not kill the yeast later in fermentation? And the answer, of course, is that you're, you're adding extremely small quantities yeah. of sodium and extremely large quantities of yeast. Um, so it's not, it's not going to affect it the same way as, you know, if you're trying to make a loaf of bread or something and you're putting yeah. 
the the salt in at the same time as the yeast, which is you know kind of like equal amounts. Um, and so then we also have sulfate, and I think that sulfate is one of the ones that people are the most familiar with, um, particularly when you're learning about beer or if you've ever had someone or if you've been the someone who's like, you know why they call them India pale ales and you know, get started <laughs> on that thing. Um, but you you probably have heard of Burton on Trent and we'll talk about that in our next episode. But sulfate is going to make your hop character in a beer more assertive um, and drier, so a drier finish. Um, at really high levels, it's going to reduce the quality of your bitterness and it's going to taste minerally. So you don't typically want a ton. Um, it's also going to increase your lingering bitterness and accentuate hop flavor and aroma when you're using relatively moderate amounts. So the most common way to add sulfate is to add gypsum. So that's going to be calcium sulfate. And the, you know, we'll talk about Burton on Trent. That's kind of a special case in terms of sulfate levels. But sulfate is going to make your water very, very hard, which can be great if you're trying to make something like an IPA, um, that's going to be a great way to really accentuate that bitterness. Um, and I think it's also a very efficient way. You know, you can adjust, like you get a big bag of gypsum for like less than $5, or you can spend a lot on bittering hops, or, you know, you can adjust your sulfate level. So you're getting more perceived bitterness out of just using that rather than using more hops. And so then the last ion we'll talk about is chloride. And chloride is going to provide a rounder, fuller, sweeter quality to the malt character and the overall beer. And you can add, um, like Rachel said, calcium chloride is also a great addition to add to lower your residual alkalinity. And you can also add it to your boil to help round out the malt character. I don't think I've ever added calcium chloride directly to... No. My that is a good a good work. point though. Uh, uh, I do have gotten a lot of questions, like where where to add these salts. And some people have a separate hot liquor tank that they're using for their brew, um, and will add salts in there, which is fine. Oh, yeah. You can do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I, the only thing that I've I've heard feedback from is that sometimes it doesn't dissolve all the way, so. At the end of the brew day, he's got salts left over in the bottom of his hot liquor tank. Mm -hmm. So if you're having issues and what I do is just add it straight to the mash. Right. Right. So that's what I recommend. If you are looking to add salts, just throw this in with your mash water, then throw, you know, dissolve it as much as you can, then throw your grain in. Right. Or, you know, however you, you do, you could do your sparge water, um, but you always risk leaving some behind. Right. No. And that's a really good point. Um, again, like we jumped right into kind of the technical stuff, but yeah, it's like, yeah. well, wait, when do I add this? It's like, oh yeah, you add it in your mash. Um, and I do on a homebrew level, I do the same thing. I do brew in a bag, so I don't sparge, but yeah, exactly. And if, if you you're don't sparge, doing, you don't... right. If you're doing something like, um, so like when I do brew in a bag, I'm adding everything into the mash, but I'm also same. adding all of the water, the entire amount of water I'm going to need for the yeah. entire thing. Um, when I did have separate systems, I would add um, something to the sparge yeah. sometimes. So brewing water actually has that capability. So you'll put in, you know, like this is yeah. how much water's in my mash. This is how much water's in my sparge. And it will tell you what amounts to add That's to get that point. total amount. But you don't have to, like, 
for listeners, like you, you can, you could, it could give you two amounts. You could put the total amount in the mash if you wanted to, you can separate it. It like, doesn't matter. Yeah. And I usually toss mine in when I'm like, when the mash water is still heating up. And mm-hmm. then like Rachel said, I just make sure that I stir it really well because yeah, I've done the same thing where I'll just toss it in. And then I look on my false bottom and there's yeah, like, it's just sitting there. There's like calcium yeah. <laughs> chloride is really big chunks. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll be like, damn it. Try to stir it um, to get it to, to dissolve just so it's uniform throughout the water. Um, but yeah, with, with chloride, the, I think this comes up. Um, so, well, okay. So concentrations, you really don't want to go above 200 parts per million for your chloride. Um, if you've got concentrations that are higher than 300 parts per million, that's going to have negative effects on your clarification, on the body, also on the colloidal stability, stability of your beer. And for greater than 400 parts per million is going to have an adverse effect on beer flavor. If you're going at 500, which I don't know why you would, but that was also going to affect your fermentation. And I remember the first time as somebody judging beer, realizing that what I was tasting was an issue with the water. And I like, I still remember that as being like, (laughs) like I did it because there was a a brewery in um, the Charlotte area that was wanting to enter their beers, start entering their beers in competition. Um, And this isn't pilot, which I know that, you know, Rachel, but I'm just saying that out loud for listeners that this was not pilot. Um, but they wanted to have beer judges taste their beers and say like, yes, enter this one. Here's how you could fine tune this one. Uh, and so one of the beers they gave us was their hazy IPA. And this was probably like 2016, 2017, where that was kind of starting to grow yeah. as a style. And um, we can talk quickly about like your calcium or your chloride sulfate ratio for, um, for beers, but specifically it comes up a lot with hazy IPAs. And so he gave it to me and I tasted it and I was like, what did you do to your water? And this was before knowing that like that sulfate chloride ratio was something that you consider, um, when you're doing, um, you know, like an, an IPA that's sweeter and rounder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. hazy IPA, new England IPA. And, um, I, you know, I tasted it and I was like, this is not the malt. This is not the hops. This is not a fermentation issue. What could this be? And so, yeah, I was like, what, how did you treat your water for this? And he was like, oh, well I did the, you know, like a uh, sulfate chloride ratio of like this to this. And I was like, do not do that. Again, (laughs) again, I was like, you were, and I think he did it. Like he inverted it where he was using too much calcium chloride. And that's what I could taste was that chloride. And yeah. And I was like, cause it just had, um, kind of a, like a medicinal sort of minerally flavor yeah. to it. And it, it, yeah. So I was like, don't, whatever you're doing, you need to work on that ratio a little bit more and, you know, try putting in less calcium chloride because I can taste it in this beer. And, um, yeah, like I and I don't remember what it was, what his ratio was, but it was something insane that I was like, yeah, went too far. More is not more, you know, yeah, more is not exactly. better. Um, but yeah, just quickly, I because I know I get asked that a lot with um New England IPAs, hazy IPAs, um, anything where you're going with those specifically, the sulfate cal- um, chloride ratio, 
you can be anywhere between like a one to three on on either end. But what I generally tell people with that specifically is your so when I say one to three, that's you know one part calcium chloride, three parts sulfate. So for your recommended ranges for calcium, also for sulfate and chloride, you want at least 50 parts per million. So with your when you're looking at like your sulfate chloride ratio, you know, you start with 50 parts per million for both. Um, you don't want to go above like two to three. So two parts calcium chloride to three parts uh, sulfate. And when I'm saying sulfate, you know, gypsum, however you're adding it. Um, but you don't want to go, you don't want to try like a three to three, which is something like what this brewer was trying to do. You want to do two to three, right? So then you can set your, the maximum amount of sulfate that you would want in a beer is going to be 500, which is really, really a lot. The maximum amount of chloride you're going to want is 200. So, you know, you can start there and then work within those parameters to figure out like, do I want a one to three or a two to three, you know, just keeping in mind those, those parameters on the lower end and the upper end, but you're always going to start, or you're always going to want 50 parts per million calcium sulfate and chloride. And of course, when you're adding either sulfate or chloride, you're necessarily adding calcium. And you want it to be a little bit sweeter than you would with a, like a West Coast IPA. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it's had more calcium than you would. So like if I do did a West Coast, West Coast IPA, I would do like that three to one that you mentioned earlier of sulfate to calcium, more, more sulfate. Right. Well, to chloride, not to calcium. Um, to chloride, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right, and yes. you know, really with the 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 sulfate to chloride, the only time I've paid attention to it is if I'm doing specifically like a hazy IPA, um, just because that is, like you said, that is when you're going for that rounder, sweeter yeah. mouthfeel. Um, with like a West Coast IPA, I don't even worry about the calcium chloride unless I need to... Sure. Unless my, I've already hit where I want my sulfate level to be, but I still need to add more calcium, then I'll start adding in calcium chloride. Yeah. So yeah, that is, um, turned out to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> about, uh, I don't, brewing you probably didn't answer any of your questions. Right. Hopefully we did. Maybe we <laughs> probably, did. Maybe, maybe gave you more questions, but that's okay. Right. We have a whole nother episode. Right. Exactly. So in our next episode, we'll talk about um, brewing cities and, uh, you know, how they became famous uh, for specific beer sales based on their, in large part, on their water profiles on what they had. Of course, now today, we're very fortunate that one, we understand brewing ions. Yeah. And two, we can build, you know, if, if you wanted to make a really great Dublin Stout and then you wanted to turn around and make a really great like Burton style IPA, you could do both with the water you have coming yep. out of your tap and well, not coming out of your tap. We talked about that, but with your, <laughs> and with your brewery. brewing water, right? Yes. Brew, yeah. Pilot brewing tap. <laughs> right. Rachel is not like, oh man, the only thing I can brew is municalis because that's my water so soft. <laughs> Although if that works as a business plan, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a lager brewery. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully uh, this helps, you know, like I said, like it helped me reading the same information from a different person. Um, so hopefully listening to our melodious voices explain <laughs> brewing ions to you um, was also helpful. And uh, 
for our next episode, we'll be talking about the Brewing Cities. You can find us on social media at False Bottom Girls. You can go to our website, falsebottomgirls.com. You can also email us, falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. It's a lot of false bottom girls. It's a lot of false bottom girls. <laughs> this has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the brewing world go round.